was awesome. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Man, we are so spoiled. Was that awesome or what? Praise God for our worship team. That was great. Um, Another, another fun song there that might bring you back uh, a few years, the band Train called Calling All Angels. Kind of, a, kind of a catchy tune. Any Train fans out there, it's okay. You can admit it. It's okay. It's fine. All right? There's, it, what's amazing about a lot of those songs that you're familiar with, maybe you've heard on the radio, is that you don't realize the message behind the song and the powerful lyrics behind some of those. Not every song is great, but that one in particular, there is a powerful message Behind it, it speaks to the reality that we live in a world that is dark. We live in a world that is painful. We live in a world that is difficult. We live in a world that is confusing. And yet, right in the middle of that, there is a resounding sense of hope. Everybody say hope. Hope. There's a resounding sense of hope that we've been talking about the last uh, several weeks in this series we've been in called Soul Soul Anchor as we've been looking at the book of Hebrews. It's very, it's very psalm-like. If you read the psalms, there's a lot of uh, reality in the psalms as well. David and the other psalmists write of, of, of the darkness of our world and the difficulty and the pain that we all face. And yet almost every psalm ends with, and yet I will still praise God. And yet I will still put my hope in him. And that song kind of echoes that in a lot of ways. You heard the refrain again and again there at the end that the band was singing, I won't give up if you won't give up. I won't give up if you won't give up. In other words, translation, there is good in this world and it is worth fighting for. Amen? Amen. There is good in this world and it is worth fighting for. Maybe you've had a really hard week. Maybe you've had a really hard month. Maybe you've had a really hard couple years, to be honest. But there is hope. I won't give up if you won't give up. God never gives up on us. He never walks away from us, as we heard read in our scripture reading this morning. Regardless of the difficult world we live in, It's time to live for what matters. There are things that are worth fighting for, and we are called to live for what matters. And that's ultimately our call as the church. That's ultimately our call as people of faith, to not just let the years go by without stopping, and maybe I don't know the last time you've done this, to stop and consider, what am I living for? Not just what am I spending my time on, not just do I come to church once in a while, but what is the sole driving focus of your life? What are you focused on? What are you living for? To not just live for the day-to-day things that we need to, but for years in advance, what's going to matter in the future? I was kind of reminded of this uh, this past week. There's different uh, fads and uh, you know things that trend on social media and things like that. Anybody seen the, the decade challenge? Has anybody seen that? Okay, so this big thing now on Facebook and Instagram, I don't know who these people are, by the way. I've just... I didn't ask their permission, but I just found it. Uh, but you put a picture of yourself from 2009, and then you put a picture of yourself from 2019. Some of you are like, that sounds like terrible, right? Maybe cool, right? Or that sounds terrible, right? Why would I subject myself to that, right? But the idea is that you get some, you zoom out and you go, whoa, either I haven't changed at all in 10 years or I've changed a lot in 10 years. So I thought we'd do a, a decade challenge as a church. You want to see that as well? So here's our decade challenge as a church. So there you go. Uh, we are a little bit smaller then. Yep, there we are. I don't know who that guy is up front there on the left, but he's a lot younger, skinnier, and has a lot more hair. But uh, I don't know about that. Praise God we don't have those maroon padded chairs, and they wore, weighed about 70 pounds each uh, with that. But I think we age pretty well, don't you think? I think we age pretty well uh, as a congregation. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our, our decade challenge uh, as a church as well. But there's something, 
There's something fascinating about this, whether it's church or individual pictures. I don't think it's just a fad. I think people are fascinated with this idea of zooming out and looking at their lives because, number one, this, this challenge on social media reminds us time goes by quick, don't you think? Like maybe some of you are looking at some of your pictures going, 10 years went by like that, right? I didn't have kids, and now they're in elementary school all of a sudden, or I had young kids, and now they're graduating from high school, or my kids are out of the house, or, or I've changed, or I, I'm married, or I have a different job, or have different circumstances, whatever it is. It reminds us how fast time flies, and number two, that it's good to stop and take inventory of our lives once in a while. I, I don't know about you, but what, what went through my head when I started seeing this fad and all these pictures is, what have I done for the last 10 years? Like, not in a, in a bad way, but more in just an inquisitive way, what have I been spending my time on? And, and does, it, does it matter? What, what am I spending the days and the months and the years of my life on? Because how we spend our days is how we'll spend our weeks, and how we spend our weeks is how we'll spend our months and our years, and then all of a sudden, a decade goes by like that. And I think it's important to zoom out and ask ourselves, am I spending it on things that matter? A couple weeks ago, I kind of offered us a challenge as a congregation. I kind of used this line, live in the day, but measure in the decade. Live in the day, but measure in the decade. And I think this social media challenge kind of speaks to that a little bit as a really good question to get you thinking about your life and your priorities and your values is what am I going to do in the next few weeks or next couple months that is going to matter 10 years from now? Deeper than that, let me challenge you a little bit more. What are you spending your time on these days that's going to matter for eternity? That's going to matter forever? You just climbing the ladder at work? You making more money? You getting a bigger house, a bigger car? You just trying to survive? What, what are you doing that's actually going to matter a decade or even longer decades from now? So I want to offer you a different decade challenge. Find something in your life that's worth living for that's going to matter, that's going to make an impact, that's going to leave a legacy after you're gone. And when you ask that question, it really focuses all the priorities and all the values and all the things that you have in your life, and it brings it into focus because very few things fit that description. And I want to offer you one of those today, and it's an opportunity to grow the kingdom of God in Des Moines, to see God continue to change lives as a part of his local church here at Hope, to make a big impact for the kingdom of God. And so we've been talking uh, these past few weeks about this campaign that we're in. So today is our recommitment campaign for our capital campaign called Building to a Hope Beyond as we're setting our sights on purchasing and remodeling this beautiful new facility at, not new, new to us, uh, at 2500 University to be our future church home. And so that's why the, the commitment cards are there. We've been doing this campaign uh, all month. And I, I guarantee, because there's always somebody new, um, if you are new today, you, you're probably thinking, you've got to be kidding me, Right? I finally decide to come to Hope Downtown, and of course, I choose the Sunday where they're asking for the big bucks, right? Of course, I would come on the weekend where it's all about money, right? Well, let me just, let me just set you at ease and set all of us at ease. There's no guilt. There's no uh, pressure. Nobody's going to pressure you in any way. There's no games or gimmicks. Our central verse that's kind of been framing our ideas for giving for this campaign is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read this together up on the screen, nice and loud. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
you might just be surprised how joy-filled giving can be, how joy-filled and, and, and freeing that joy-filled giving can be, that being a part of God's mission can be. Some of you have had terrible experiences with the church when it comes to money, and I think you're going to discover something different today. However, uh, I do want to say this, all, all that aside, no, no guilt, no shame, no gimmicks, no pressure, none of that. However, if anybody has $2 million just laying around that you don't know what to do with, you might want to consider a donation to Lutheran Church of Hope to the Des Moines campus right here. I have no shame uh, in saying that. Uh, no kidding. If you do, we'll gladly take it. But um, I have no problem saying that, and here's why. Remember that description that I just told you? What's going to matter a decade from now? 25 years from now? Eternity? This is one of those things that fits that description. It has nothing to do with Lutheran Church of Hope. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with bigger buildings or bigger budgets. It has to do with the power of God's love to change lives. Amen? And that's why we're doing this. And we've seen it. And as we sang this morning, we believe that God will do it again as well. And I pray you sense this incredible opportunity that we have, not just to transition where you come and sit and listen to a sermon and sing some songs for an hour a week. Church is way bigger than that. Church isn't a place, an event you attend. Church is a, a family that you belong to. It's who we are 24-7. And we have the opportunity as a church to help build a 24-7 mission center in the heart of the city, right there next to Drake University. And as I mentioned, since we made this announcement in early, um, early September uh, that we were doing that, without even asking, we don't even own the building yet or anything like that, we've had at least a half a dozen or more uh, nonprofit organizations, faith-based mission partners that we support here in town that have asked to partner with us, that have asked to come under the roof and be in this building with us so that it is truly a hub of mission. It is far beyond just a place where you come and worship on Sunday. This is a place where your life can be changed, where you can get your holistic, emotional, physical, spiritual needs met all together. And if you want to know more about that, we've been talking about it the last couple months. I encourage you to check previous messages out on the podcast as well. And if you want to dig into that, a full Q&A about this big change and the big move that we're going to be experiencing as a church, be sure to grab one of these campaign packets uh, in the back, which happens to be in the middle of the seating back there right now. Uh, grab one of those uh, as well, and that's got all the information in it as well. And what you'll discover is that we're in uh, starting year two. Now in January of 2020, there'll be the beginning of year two of this three-year uh, campaign as well. And you'll discover many reasons why we're revisiting it this fall, as we launched it last fall, uh, you are an extremely generous congregation. I don't know if you know this, but $1.15 million was pledged or given last fall. We're excited about that. You can see the gifts given to date, but we have a little bit of work left. There's nothing wrong with that. We're making great headway. We're doing great. We're almost halfway there, uh, a third of the way through the campaign. And so we want to encourage you uh, to be thinking about giving, as we've done the last couple weeks, in one of the following ways. So if you go to the next slide, you'll see some options for that. For some of you, it is simply beginning a regular tithe. For some of you, you've got the whole prayer thing down. You've got reading your Bible down. You've got worship or confession or serving and all these different spiritual disciplines, as we call them in the church, ways that we worship, ways that we give back to God. And in that category of your thinking, you've never thought about your finances. You've never thought about giving, but it is an act of 
worship. It's one of the ways that we give back to God. And so as we grow and mature as disciples of Jesus Christ, one of the things that we want to surrender to God is everything that we have. And for some of you, it's starting to consider, hey, maybe I could you know, work up to that model of 10% in the, in the Old Testament that Jesus lifts up or that 1% or 2% or 4%. And I'm, I'm making my way there. Then for a lot of you, you've gone above and beyond. So we ask you to start with your regular tithes and offerings, which supports the ministries and the missions of the church. And again, 10% of that, everything that we bring in in our general fund every year goes straight back out the doors to missions. So you, as a Hope Des Moines community, tithe about $50,000 to our local mission partners here in Des Moines and around the world last year. And so to me, that's really exciting. And that's why this matters. Yeah, praise God for that. So... So with that, we want to encourage you to start thinking about regular tithing and then above and beyond that, for some of you to continue the pledge that you started last fall, for some of you to start a new two-year pledge, maybe to do a one-time gift, and then certainly every single one of you is a part of this because God calls us to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. So it's not just a financial gift. Every single one of you has the same amount of time. As, as diverse as we are, we all have the same amount of time, but we all have different gifts as well, and we want to encourage you to check that out. So all of those different options are on that card in front of you, so if you haven't started praying about that, we want to encourage you to think about that, and we'll bring those forward at the end of the service today. Essentially, it's way bigger than, than money and budgets and buildings. This is about an invitation for us as a church to dream again to dream again. That's why we've been focusing in on this verse. The theme verse for our campaign is from Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read this together nice and loud with some passion. Let's read it together. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Everybody say beyond. Beyond. And I love that word because that's what God has done in the last 11 years of this church. Certainly since we've been in this location, God has done far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. Far beyond. And so we've watched him change lives and we don't believe that he's done yet. And he's inviting us to dream again. I want to just camp out there for a second. A lot of you have never been a part of a church where you have been invited to dream. For a lot of us, our idea of church is that I come, I sit, I consume, I have the vision and the mission and the ministry of the church dictated to me, and a few people up on stage do the real work, and I consume that and take in some information, and then I go home. We are completely flipping that. You are the church. We need you. We need you to get off the bench and into the game. We need you to get off the bleachers and into the game. We want to invite you to dream with us, to ask questions. What if? What if the church could be like this? What if we could truly make an impact? What if the church could be everything that I've ever wanted it to be? And not only that, but then to ask, God, how do you want me to be a part of fulfilling that as well? We want you to dream with us, and then we want you to get in the game. And the reason we're asking you that is because the Bible is very specific to make the most of the time that we have. I don't have to convince you how fragile life is. I don't have to convince you how short life is. And that's why the psalmist puts it this way in Psalm chapter uh, 90, verse 12. Let's read this together. It's a powerful word. Let's read it. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. In other words, 
Don't let the days turn into decades and not know what you're living for. If you are waiting to make your faith a priority, if you are waiting to start asking the first order questions of life, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is going to last? What is the legacy I'm passing on to my kids? If you are waiting for that, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? (laughs) Because if you are waiting for everything to line up where you're not busy anymore and your schedule lines up and everything is perfect and just set in stone, it's never going to happen this side of heaven. We live in an imperfect, broken, messy world. And God is saying, make the most of your days. Live with a wise heart. Live with wisdom and make the most of your days. And I believe that God is calling us to be a church of visionaries. To look to the future and say, what if? How? What if, what if we renovated a 150-year-old church building and filled it with life-giving mission for God? How can we reach more people? How can we do this? How can we reach people that nobody else is reaching? How do we think outside the box and become visionaries? And nobody knows that better than uh, somebody that I introduced you to a few weeks ago, and that's Steve Jobs, the late founder and CEO of Apple. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, but when I first introduced you to Steve Jobs, it was he's the the head guy of Apple, and he's a billionaire, and he's a, a technology giant and everything like that. But long before that, He was just a 20-something tinkering with things in his garage. By the way, most cool things like bands and technology companies start in garages. So just keep that in mind. So there's Steve Jobs and his friend Steve Wozniak, who he calls Woz. And there they are in in, uh, Jobs' parents' garage in Palo Alto, California. And him and his friend discover there's power, there's power in having a dream, there's power in being people of vision. Even if you don't have all the answers, taking a step of faith. Let's take a look. Who would want to buy a computer? I mean, what a crazy thought, right? But the question before that is even better. How do people even know what they want if they haven't seen it yet? And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this today. I think every single one of us here today longs to be a part of a mission that's bigger than us. And for a lot of you, you just haven't been able to find it in the local church. Because sometimes the church gets off track and we, we get off mission and we think that the church is all about this or all about that or all about, and we lose our focus as a church. Inside of you, there is a deep longing for belonging, for mission, for purpose, and you were created for that to be a part of that with brothers and sisters in Christ and a part of the body of Christ, which is the church. And I believe that with this new vision that God's calling us to, that you can feel that. You can feel a sense of purpose that's bigger than you and get into the game and start dreaming with us. Don't settle. (laughs) Don't settle. That's what I want to say this morning is there's always more with God. There's always more with God. Just because you haven't experienced it yet, doesn't mean there's not more to it. How do you know what you want if you haven't even seen it yet? And I don't, some of us, we just can't put our finger on it, but I wish church could be like this. I wish my relationship with God could be, I mean, that was prophetic that he said that. We didn't know we needed computers until we saw it, right? We survived somehow by printing off MapQuest directions in our car, right? 
We survived before smartphones, okay? But there was more. And way beyond technology, there's always more with God. Thank God that they didn't settle for the status quo, for blending it in, for playing it safe, and we're not going to either. And you know that several weeks ago, Pastor Mike, our senior pastor, kind of unleashed this brand new vision for all of our campuses. Our new vision statement is a part of that, this 10 for 10, these 10 big audacious goals for the next 10 years. And you see those on the banners that have been up all month over there, these 10 big ideas of what God is calling us to do. And by the way, if any of those intrigues you, like I want to be a part of that, you can go to our website and click on those and any one of those 10 items you can click on and then you'll fill out a little form and then you can get connected and be a part of making those happen. This isn't just our dreams as a church. This is what we are going to do, what God is calling us to do together. And if you want to get involved in those, click on it, and then we'll get you connected with those ministries. But there's one banner in particular that has caught my attention and maybe your attention, and it's City Changers. City Changers. We happen to be the only Hope campus that's currently in a, in a downtown or urban setting. And when you click on that, I wanted to read you the description. This is... This is where we're going. This is where the Hope Des Moines bus is going over the next 10 years. And I wanted to give you a description of this and see how crazy you think this sounds. God is calling us to serve our neighbors in need as the hands and feet of Jesus. By bringing good news to the poor, sharing God's love for all, breaking strongholds of systematic corruption, amplifying our voice for racial harmony, rebuilding a deeper sense of connectedness, upgrading our support for local mission partners to serve together as a unified force for good in our communities, and developing new initiatives that bring light to the darkest places around us in the cities and towns where we reside. Yeah, you can clap for that, absolutely. Or we could get together, sing some songs, drink some coffee, and go home. What do you think, right? I don't know about you, but we were made for more. You were made for that. You were made to be a part of something bigger than yourselves. I love what Steve Jobs said to his buddy Steve Wozniak there. You made it for yourself. This was just you tinkering around with it. What if the gifts and the time and the talents and the finances that God has given you weren't for you? What if they were for something bigger? The computer was not meant to be something that they tinkered around with in their garage. It was something bigger that would go on to bless so many people and be used for good. Now, you look at a description like that, and you might say, John, that sounds crazy. Like, a church, like our church is going to do that? You better believe we are. Absolutely. That's where we're going. But not on our own. Not on our own. We need other churches that we're all on the same team with here in the community. We've already reached out to a lot of the churches in the Drake neighborhood where we're going. We need other nonprofits. We need other faith-based organizations. And most of all, it's not going to be by our own power that we're going to accomplish that or that. It is powered by the Spirit is the beginning of our new vision statement. Powered by the Spirit. It's God's power, not ours. And that is what we're inviting you to be a part of. That vision right there for the next 10 years. That's, now that's worth a decade challenge right there. That's a much better decade challenge than is my hair different or do I have a good sense of style in my clothing. That's a real decade challenge right there. That's a vision worth living into. Why? Because eternity is at stake. And as followers of Jesus, we're not called to get caught up in these smaller stories. We're called to live in the one big story of God. Now, how does that intersect with giving? <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but at all of our Hope campuses, um, 
You may notice when we're ready to receive the offering, some churches maybe have this language and that's okay, but you probably never have heard us, unless it's a slip-up, use the language, we're now going to take the offering. Seems like such a simple thing, just like semantics, right? We're now going to take the offering. The only problem with that is that doesn't sound like God at all. Because God's not a taker. He's a giver. And if you want to know why this matters and and what this bigger story is, when you get right down to it, God doesn't want to take an offering and God doesn't want to take your money. He doesn't need it at all. On the other hand, if you think about it, the God who has everything let go of everything. And he gave us himself. He gave us his son. He sent his son Jesus to the planet to give us life and breath and freedom, to set us free from everything that enslaves us, to move us from death to life. He gave us himself. He gave us everything. And that's the larger story that we live in. And so in response to that, We say, God, I want the world to know about Jesus. And so I'm going to give into this campaign and I'm going to start with my regular tithes and offerings and I'm going to give into what God is doing through the local church because I believe that that money will multiply itself. I believe that my time and my investment and my serving and my volunteering and my leadership here at the church is going to multiply itself over the decades and well into eternity because we're not just impacting people's lives for a few years, we're impacting people's lives for eternity. And there's nothing more important than that. And so that's an investment that's worth taking. And so how do we do that? You take everything that you have and you say, God, I want my entire life, not just a few moments on Sunday morning singing some songs. I want everything I am and everything that I have to be held loosely in surrender as an act of worship to you. That's what we're doing. And it's almost like if we hold loosely in our hands, it's almost like every single one of us has been given a a handful of rocks or at least one rock. And in fact, all of you do. If you reach under your chair, there is a rock under there as well. And I think I can trust you as I did last night to be adults about this. Please don't throw them at each other, okay? Hold on to that. And under your chairs, even those of you up in the loft, those of you in the lobby, underneath your chairs should be a rock. And you're gonna want that, okay? Those of you upstairs, please be very careful not to kick them over the top, okay? If you need one, there's ushers all around the building. Just wave your hand. You're going to want one. So if you need one, just wave your hand, and the ushers will get it to you. You might have to dig under there a little bit, okay? When you think about it, every single one of us has been given a handful of rocks, okay? And for the sake of today, we're going to call that. Everybody kind of look at your rock. Hold it out in front of you. That's what you got. You got one shot at this life, right? You got one shot at this. It's your time, it's your talent, it's your treasure, and you get to choose how you use that. Every one of those rocks holds inside of it the potential for impact. And the question is, how are you going to use what you've been given? Are you just going to kind of flippantly go by and say, well, there we go. I spent it, right? Or are you going to do something different with it? Are you going to think about how can I use that for what matters the most? And some of you are like, ah, John, it's the campaign and this giving, and I'm new here, John. I don't have a lot to give financially. I get that. You are more a part of this than you know, because every single one of us has been given a rock. Every single one of us has been given an opportunity for impact, and you can throw it at things that won't last, or we can learn how to make ripples. 
Last spring, Caleb, my six-year-old, and I were uh, playing in the park. We went to Colby Park and kind of walked under the interstate overpass there. We played around for a while, and then we discovered rocks. And when you're five or six, rocks is like discovering gold, okay? So we discover rocks, and we are uh, throwing them at things, because when you're six, you like to throw it at things. And so I'm like, oh, we could throw these rocks. And so in his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to throw them against trees and against the bridge and maybe somebody's house and my dad. And so he starts throwing stuff around. No, 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 no. How about we try something different? Let's try water. Okay. So I found some smooth stones like this, and I taught him how to skip Rocks, and then he noticed something in the water. He said, Daddy, when the rock skips across the water, I got seven skips, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> Thank you very much. He noticed something when the rock goes across the water, it goes, do, 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 do. and then what does it make? Ripples. And he'd never seen them before. Those of you with young kids, and isn't it so fun when your kids see something that you've taken for granted for most of your life, and like, what are those things? The water's moving, right? And they, dad, they're getting bigger, right? I said, you watch this, right? So I grabbed a rock that was about this big, right? And I just went, whoa, like that. I just threw it in there and just, and I said, now watch. And his mind just exploded, like, they keep going, right? Like the ripples reached all the way down the river from one rock. Compared to the size of the river, one rock that fell in there and made those... I mean, you should have seen his head explode when last summer we went to family camp and I went off the high dive and I jumped in and did one of my famous can openers. I think I ripped my shorts, but I did one of my, I did one of my famous can openers. And it was like, boosh, and it was this huge splash because it was a splash contest uh, for family camp there. And I get up out of the water and he's like shivering. He's like, dad, that was so cool. I'm like, yeah, did you see my splash? And he goes... No, but I saw the ripples. <laughs> I just won the splash contest. And you're like, the ripples. He's like, Dad, they're still going. I believe that God is calling us to be a ripple-making church, to use our rock to create ripples, for your life to make an impact far beyond you. And much more than little ripples in the water, the ripples that we've seen here the last decade have been marriages that have been restored, sicknesses that have been healed, addictions that have been broken, atheists being baptized into new life, students inviting, kids and students inviting their parents to church, grown men and women discovering the love of the Father for the first time. We are not playing games. God is changing lives. A lot like my friend Kirby. And I don't know, some of you maybe remember Kirby from seven or eight years ago, but um, every year around this time, uh, I get a little nostalgic about my friend Kirby and uh, thinking about the impact that a local church can have. It was about seven or eight years ago in our Hubble days at the elementary school when a, when a pretty rough-looking man walked into our, our uh, breakfast ministry, and, and he walked in, and as we got to know Kirby a little bit more, we realized he's gotten himself into about everything that you can think of, and he'd made mistakes and multiple failed relationships and addictions, and he was desperately trying to get his life back together when he discovered a church at an elementary school in the middle of Des Moines that loved him right where he was at, 
And we got to know him uh, a little bit more. And several years ago, right before Easter, is on Palm Sunday. I remember Kirby said, Pastor John, I want to be a new man. Jesus has literally changed my life, and I felt the love of this church community, and I want to get baptized. And so on Palm Sunday, in the big tank that we still use uh, up here, in his, uh, in his uh, athletic swishy pants and his Vikings jersey that he always wore, it's good to get baptized in your Vikings jersey. You need some new life in, in, in that. <laughs> just kidding. Bears fan, just for the record. Okay. And I remember Kirby, I, I dunked him right there. We baptized him in a new life in Jesus. And he, he shot out of that water and he was so excited. He forgot to bring a pair of clothes. And so the rest of the service, he just sat in the front row, just dripping, sopping wet, just soaking it in, literally all of it. Uh, and, and just breathing it in. I'll never forget that moment. He was, he was so loved by so many in our community. And uh, about six months later, we received the terrible news that Kirby had had some heart complications, and in his, in his late 50s, he died. And so there I am in a part of Des Moines I've never uh, frequently uh, am at, definitely as the minority, speaking at Kirby's funeral, standing in front of a group of people I've never met, before that had just lost their dad and their brother and their best friend, grandfather as well. Okay, preacher boy, make sense of this. Guy gets back on track with Jesus, gets baptized, gets his life put back together, gone. Why don't you try to make sense of that, preacher boy? And I remember just not knowing what to say, and then sometimes, you know, when nothing else will do, it's God's word that cuts through all the pain and speaks to our souls. And as I read those words from John 11, boy, they were never more real than that day when I thought about Kirby and where he could have been. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, even though they die, will live. Thank God that there is a bigger story. Amen? Thank God that there is life after death. Thank God that there is a gospel. Yeah, you can clap. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God that God's love through you, through this church, changed Kirby's life for eternity. Because a volunteer just like you years ago had a dream for this breakfast ministry that would welcome anyone and everyone. And it sounds crazy, but we did it anyway. Like building computers in your garage. It sounds crazy, but we did it anyway. What we're doing here matters. And when you give to this campaign, whether it's today or in the coming weeks or months, when you give your regular tithes and offerings, th this, is, this is far beyond a fundraiser. This is about investing in what's going to be our future church home where many of your kids are going to be baptized, confirmed, even married. This church is going to be a place where people are going to be healed, where addictions are going to be broken, where people are going to find food and clothing and legal assistance and learn English for the first time and get medical help and get Christian counseling and where bridges are going to be built between cultures and races. And most importantly, this is going to be a place where people are going to experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ just like Kirby did years ago. What we're doing matters. How you serve matters. What you give matters. What you do matters. And if some of you are doubting the impact, oh, John, I just got one little rock. I mean, pfft. ask a little shepherd boy from the Old Testament that had a few small stones 
about defeating giants in your life. And you ask him if you should underestimate one small, smooth stone. It matters. Your rock matters. And if you're wondering the impact of that, I mean, I think about the rocks from 25 years ago as we celebrated Hope's 25th anniversary when there was no hope. And everybody came around them and said, we don't need one more Lutheran church in West Des Moines. Well, they didn't take the rocks and go home. They said, let's do it anyway. And they threw it in and they said, we want to make an impact for the kingdom. We want to make a splash. We want to make ripples. When those of you that were here in 2008 said, what would it look like to have a Hope campus in the city and for six years unpacked and repacked a trailer in an elementary school gym, some Sundays wondering if anybody was going to show up. Those of you in 2013 that that, that put your rocks in that said, we're going to buy a former car dealership so we can have a permanent home in the city. And if you're wondering the impact of those rocks These are the rocks from 2013 that have been in my office ever since. These are all of the rocks from 2013. So if you can see how God has grown this church, and if you think, doubt the impact that your rock can make, you're sitting in it right now. You're sitting in the vision that became a reality of those rocks in 2013. Don't doubt what God can do. Those of you that have been so generous the last couple years in helping pay down the debt, we've paid over $2 million down in our debt the last four to five years. And if you hadn't done that, we would not be able to move right now. We would not be able to fulfill this vision of what God is calling us to do. So many of you have already done this. We are a ripple-making church already, and you threw your rock in, not knowing how it was all going to turn out, and whenever, that's crazy. You're not going to fight racism and injustice and and do all these things and bring cultures and races together and and impact lives in the inner city. You can't, that's crazy. That's where visionaries step in. That's what dreamers do. We step in and we see things that sometimes people can't see yet. That's what it means to be a world changer and a city changer. Because it's often the people b- that believe they can change the world are the ones who actually do it. And at the end of this film about Steve Jobs, in a very similar way as a visionary, he's reflecting back on his life and he's reflecting back on all of the men and women that helped him, that started in his garage, and what it's like to be a dreamer. And as you listen to his final talk, I don't want you to think so much about technology. I want you to imagine that these words are being spoken about you, a community of dreamers. Let's take a look. Yeah, you can clap for that. Absolutely. Praise God. I don't know about you, but when I look around this room, I see a room full of misfits like myself, rebels, and troublemakers for the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church and I want to be a part of a mission that does something. That doesn't sit around and play it safe and stay on the sidelines. I want to be a part of a church that (laughs) has the audacity to turn a 150-year-old building into a vibrant, life-giving center of mission. And there's no way that we can do that on our own. And this is where you and your rock come in. On every other chair, there's a Sharpie. And on those rocks that you're going to bring up here in a little bit with your card as well, I want you to write down what you're bringing as an offering to God today. A a word, and if you think about it, if all of us bring those 
rocks up together. You know, you know it'll make a little splash. Like, that's kind of cool. But if we put all those rocks together, it would essentially form, well, one big rock like this, right? I mean, can you imagine the splash and the ripples that would happen if I were to, like, oh, I don't know, drop this in there? Do you think we should do it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We probably shouldn't. No, let's do it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's do it. I have no idea how this is going to go. but So I just took the liberty of writing what you're going to write on your little rocks on this big rocks and, and, and rock. And so wherever you are, grab that Sharpie and, and write it down. You're not going to miss it. I'll let you know. Grab that Sharpie and write on your rock a word that's what you want to bring. It'll be the same thing you write on your commitment card. Worship, my heart, my faith, my encouragement. If, if you don't have one, somebody next to you has one, just share with them and write it on your rock. Everybody's going to bring one up. My love, my faith, my time, my music, my smile, my joy, my service, everything I am, whatever it might be. If you put all of those rocks together, it's really true. We are better together. Amen? Amen. We are better together. You put all those rocks together, and we're going to make an impact. We're going to make a splash that's way bigger than any of us could just make on our own or you doing your own thing in your own life or showing up once in a while. I don't really need the church. We need each other to make a dent in the universe, to make an impact on the world and the city around us. If we put all of those rocks together, we're going to make a giant splash for the kingdom. Amen? This is why I do this at the end, so you pay attention all the way to the end of the sermon, okay? I'm ready to make a splash for the kingdom. I don't know about you, right? So put all those rocks together. Imagine that, right? You ready for this? I'm really sorry for those of you that got put in the front row uh, today. Here you go. You may need that, right? Just consider an affirmation of your baptism if this goes wrong, okay? Just come out, right? You guys ready to make an impact for the kingdom? You ready to make some ripples as a church? All right, ready? I need a little drum roll or something like that back there, Michael. There we go. Okay, gotcha. Ready? Here we go. Yeah! Praise God! That was awesome! That was so much fun! We got it. Look at these guys. Johnny on the spot. Look at that. We don't want anybody to, to slip and fall. Here's the thing. That is what we're going to do for the kingdom. And that's what we get to do today. So on your rocks, write your word, take out your commitment cards, whether you brought them from home today, whether you're just learning about this today, every single person brings a rock, every single person brings a commitment card. You'll notice on the commitment card, there's a place for your financial commitments there for your pledges, but there's also a space for your time and talents. And if you're new today, if you're like, John, I can't give financially, what you bring in your time and talents is just as important as what you bring with your financial offerings. And so take some time right now. The band's just gonna play a little bit. We're not gonna rush you. Just take some time and say, God, what do you wanna do through me to help accomplish your vision for this church? And just write it on that card and stick it in the envelope. We'd love to follow up with you on that, so please write your name on it as well. I don't see any of those. Our finance team does that, I don't see anything but I want to know what you're interested in. I want to know what God's ways that God's calling you to serve. Maybe it's being a part of the renovations. As we move in, get to move in this spring as early as February, we're going to need hundreds of volunteers, your time and your talents to help remodel, refurbish this new church. 
Maybe it's giving of your time, your energy that way. Maybe it's writing down on that card a way that you're already serving with our hospitality team or with missions or outreach or with the kids or the nursery or production or worship or whatever it is, all the different ways you're already serving. Write it on your rock, write it on the cards. And in a little bit here, the kids are gonna be coming down and our Hope Kids are gonna be the ones that are leading us because they've made cards as well. And all of our kids have a rock as well. And they're gonna come up and they're gonna lead us and when the kids are through, um, you want to experience joyful giving. You watch our kiddos. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, when the kids are all the way through, then whenever you are ready, the ushers aren't going to get you. Whenever you're ready, you just come on up and you drop your uh, campaign card in the basket there and then drop your rock in the water up there as well. And maybe just so we don't get everything, What? well, who cares? Just spike it and make a big splash. Make as big of a splash. As the band gets wet, they get wet. Whatever. It's okay. It'll be a lot of fun. So everybody can bring something as you bring your rock. If you've already given online, just write that on the card anyway. If you've already made your commitment or you're going to make a commitment online, just write it on the card anyway. You're not going to give twice. We'll keep track of it as well. And as we close today, I just want to say this. If you're not able to make it, uh, if you're able to make it on Tuesday, we'd love to see you at the Thanksgiving meal and worship. But if not, um, some of you I may not see before Thanksgiving. And so I want to simply say that you're going to be sitting around a table most likely. And if you don't have a table to go to, you come to this table right here at this church because this is your family. And inevitably, you're going to get asked the question, so what are you thankful for this year? And I want you to know this. I'm thankful for you. I could not be more grateful for you. You are an incredible church. Wherever you might be sitting today, you are a part of this family. There is room for you in this family. And there's no other group of people that I would rather be on this mission with than all of you. You are an extremely generous church. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's make a splash. Let's make a dent in the universe. Let's build to a hope beyond. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's have the kids lead our offering, and then you're welcome to come up anytime after that. Let's worship.